Two guys. Two topics. Two, two, two. two opinions. You talk. Give me two. This is the split story of the day on 975-1280 the zone. Hit it. And the zone sports network. Grant Hughes, a bleacher report. Let's start with the Jazz. What did you think of the moves they've made? There were a lot of stats out there showing the quality of shots the Jazz generated in the postseason were among the best in terms of open threes and quality looks, and they didn't make them. So they added Conley, a guy who certainly is going to make more shots than Ricky Rubio did. Bogdanovich is a knockdown shooter, especially as a catch-and-shoot guy. Throw Davis in there as a really good backup center. Maybe that means defensively they take a step back during the regular season, but this is a team that's trying to advance deep in the playoffs, and they're better positioned to do more playoff damage. I thought that was an interesting take on his part, that the Jazz are built for the playoffs. That thought I mean, I, th- I guess I thought of that, but not in those terms. I thought, okay, the Jazz have improved themselves. They'll be better in the regular season and in the postseason. But uh, Grant seemed to be saying there that they are better suited for postseason play. You know, listen, I'll tell you this, and, and, and I discussed this a little bit with Tony and Austin yesterday on their show. Uh, the Part of me wants to, to, before I get overly excited about some of these moves, I mean, that's fine if the, the fans want to, and I'm, I'm a Jazz fan, so part of me is excited. But I want to watch them in action to see what happens. Now, I say that because you remember LeBron joined the Heat with Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh, and their first half of the season was ugly. It was not pretty. They were losing a lot of games. This circumstance, to me, feels so much different because, first of all, we're not getting the best player in the world like the Heat got LeBron. We didn't just win a championship. But we got better as a team, I believe. I truly believe we got better as a team. The Jazz got better as a team. The, the reason I feel more confident that what happened in Miami, and, and that's fine. Maybe they needed that to happen to fix and work some kinks out to get to, their, to, get to the championship that year and then lose by this, to the Spurs. But, or maybe that, no, that one was Dallas. This is why I believe that you're going to see a significant improvement right away because the coaching voice here, matters the coaching voice here from day one will matter Spolstra had to wait for the heat to lose and start to spiral for LeBron to get his ear for LeBron to respect his voice and that's just LeBron that's who LeBron is and LeBron probably wanted Spolstra fired when they started losing games well you had luckily uh Miami Heat uh, president um Pat Riley that was like no this is our guy right so I'm just using these two as a comparison in, 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 in a sense to, to just say this will be different because the voice of Quinn Snyder, Alex Jensen, Johnny Bryant, um, and the rest of the, the coaches, I haven't learned their names yet. I know Coach Lang left. Um, their voices have serious respect from these players. And even the new guys coming in will respect their voice because why? Donovan Mitchell does, Rudy Gobert does, and Joe Ingles does. Those are the team leaders. And you're not going to come in and roll your eyes at Quinn. You're not going to come in and, no, nah, this is not what I signed up for. That, and Memphis Grizzlies guard Mike Conley, I'm, I, even though we have not watched him play in a Jazz uniform, Gordon, I feel safe to, to 100% predict he will come in and, and respect Quinn's voice. The guy's never got a technical. The guy's a leader. He's a defensive guy. Um, props to Justin Zanuck, um, Dennis Lindsay for finding uh, players I believe that are going to come in and, and listen to a coach's voice and then also be excited to listen to that voice because at times the coach says, go do your thing. Go be Donovan Mitchell. Go be Rudy Gobert. I mean, I think there could have been a lot of coaches that, and I'm going a million different directions here, Gordon, I'll stop here in a sec, but I think there could have been a lot of coaches that actually could have hampered or, or I guess damned Rudy's game in a sense because Quinn 
has done everything for Rudy in the sense of, no, you're more than what everyone's saying you are. You're actually an offensive threat. You're actually one of the best defenders this league's ever seen. And I, I just feel like Quinn's development physically and mentally is going to, to make it so that this team sees a significant difference right away. To your point about uh, Rudy Gobert at the offensive end, remember last year the very first thing that they were working on in practice was lobbing the ball into Rudy Gobert yeah. to utilize what cool? he could do. Even though he's not really known as an offensive player, but that was an aspect of the Jazz that Quinn thought that they could take advantage of moving forward, and the team was cooperative in that regard. Now, it's a little more challenging this time around because you have more talent. Yeah. You've got more guys who know that they can make shots, and if you know you can make shots, then what? You want the ball, right? Right. But they also, and the phrase I've been using is not a, is not a new phrase. It's not particularly clever in any way. But these guys that they've added are mentally tough. And that means a lot of different things, and we hear that spoken a lot. But my definition of that is maybe a little broader than what some others do. I think that Mike Conley is going to come in here and share the ball. Mm-hmm. Why? He wants to win. And yep. he, that is a part of being mentally tough. It's a part of being disciplined. He's going to come in. Is he going to get his? Yeah, because he, he knows that what he adds to this equation will help the team win more. But he's not going to sit there and hog the ball. Right. I agree. Well, and I'll tell you, the uniqueness of Quinn's message last year, and it will spill over to this year, I, I'll steal his terminology. I love that. He, he basically told the team, we have a guy in Rudy Gobert that his hands are in, the, in rare air. They're in, in a rare space. Why would you throw him a bounce pass? Everything needs to be up in the air, up around where he can catch it, where other players can't. And they emphasize that. And, and voila, Rudy ends up with the most dunks of an NBA player in, in history in, in a one-year season. I mean, you're talking more than Wilt Chamberlain. Oh, I don't know if they added Wilt into that equation because they weren't keeping track of dunks. But more than Shaq, more than Dwight Howard, um, you know, some of the best dunkers in the NBA – Rudy surpasses him. That doesn't happen because Rudy created that himself. That happens because of what Quinn's message was to the team and then following suit. Um, that just shows you how well, uh, Quinn, again, Quinn's voice is respected, but it just shows you also his intelligence. I stole the, the, that, that messaging from him because my son's uh, basketball team, we have a huge kid, a 14-year-old kid that's six foot eight, And uh, I would listen to the way Quinn would describe it. I'd listen to the way, you know, David Locke would kind of tell us that because he got to go into the practices how, how Quinn would describe it. And I'm telling my team, we've got a kid that's got hands up in space nobody else can get to. I, I, I'm, I'm telling you right now, just do not throw him a bounce pass. Don't throw a bounce pass unless you absolutely have to. So Quinn's got kind of a unique way, and I think that's what's making him so attractive right now to players of coaching yeah. and getting them to actually listen. And I mean, Gordon, this is exciting. When have it's finally happening, so right? Let me, let Everybody's just, been just, like, when can the Jazz yeah. get free agents? It's, it's yeah, finally yeah, it here. Is here. And it wasn't just Justin Zanuck waving a wand. Right. I'm giving him a ton of credit, but this is a combination of people understanding how awesome Quinn is and Quinn's players, probably, I'm going to guess Donovan, out saying, this place is for real, this, this coach is for real. So I'm taking a couple of different things from what you just said there. First of all, you're stealing stuff from Quinn Snyder. Yes, you're like not, 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 not necessarily like monetarily, you know, like like cash you're or not, his car you're not sneaking or his, into his house or his shoes. No, but it's, it's more, I, it, I'm stealing his ideas. And there are no new ideas. I mean, the coaches do this. Uh, well, they give freely sometimes, yeah. don't they? Yeah, I, mean, I think so. They share this stuff, and <laughs> you're so it's sharing. Um, yes, yes. There you go. You're sharing that information, even though Quinn has no idea that you're doing it. But you're taking advantage of his ability. Absolutely. And two, 
uh, the players respect this guy enough not only to play for him, but to come here to play for him. Yeah. That's a part of what's going on. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I thought of that yesterday as the news broke about Jeff Green and then after the show. When did Austin, when did uh, the story break about Emmanuel Moutier? Uh, it was near the end of the show yesterday. Yeah, it was right at the end, so we didn't get a chance to talk about that as much. But these guys are coming to the Jazz for reasons. And, well, the, 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 and they're different reasons. Well, some of them are the same, and some of them are different. I wrote a column about this that they'll post over at the Tribune sometime over the next 24 hours. I don't know when. But these guys have reasons to come. Jeff Green is uh, is a veteran who doesn't really necessarily need a whole lot of development. I think there's more in him than has been drawn out at times, and I think Quinn is going to get the best out of him. But he really likes Mike Conley. They established a relationship when they were together yeah. in Memphis. He wants to win. He wants to play with Mike Conley. And he thinks he can thrive under uh, Quinn Snyder's leadership. Uh, now you take Emmanuel Moutier. Here's a guy, uh, the seventh overall pick in the draft, and has never really fulfilled what some people thought he might do. Mm. Last year was 15-4 and four with the Knicks, but nobody cared who was winning and losing in there. Uh, now he can come to a place that has a reputation for developing young players. And I call Quinn Snyder the player whisperer. That's what he is. That's what he is. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. All, all Emmanuel Moutier, how do you say his last name? Moutier. That's Moutier. How I say it. All he has to do is watch the playoffs. And in the Eastern Conference Finals, Western Conference Finals, how many former Jazz guys were playing, right? How many former guys that came, whether that was a, a piece of Sloan or whether that was a piece of uh, Quinn, you have to look at the, the track record and say, my gosh, players are leaving here better. Just, I mean, Booker will tell you that. Yeah. Booker, Booker was catapulted into a, an awesome contract because of the way he was developed here. Think of Gordon Hayward. Gordon Hayward. I mean, players came here and got better. So I, I think, think the message... Joe Ingles. I mean, you yeah. know, I mean it's, it's pretty evident. I think the message is out. Um, and and I, don't know, I don't know the exact sales pitch, but I know if it was me, I'd say, here you go. Here, proof is in the pudding. All these players got better. Look at their stats. Look at the winning percentages for the Jazz. Look how many more contracts are being thrown at them. Look, go talk to their agents about how much better they got here. So... I think that that's the most attractive thing right now is that we're seeing it firsthand. And how awesome is that? Quinn's been here, what now? This will be year number five coming up. Is it five already? Wow. Maybe four. four. Or five, something like that. Um, and, and he's already seeing these, this development in his players. So it's pretty amazing. And they get both of these guys for bargain basement prices. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that's another indication that they want to come here for a reason. Britain, at some point, we got to talk about Kawhi Leonard and what's going on. Apparently, uh, Austin just informed me that helicopters are, like, following Kawhi Leonard around now. Is he, he's in L.A., right? Is he in L.A.? Uh, I, I don't know where this is. It, it, I think that was the L.A. freeway, one of the 24 of them, yeah. Well, are you uh, sure you're not watching car chases, Austin? Now, now, you're positive that... Austin, you said something really interesting during the break when I was talking. Hey, we're up here watching Kawhi. Kawhi's coming down the L5, down to the three fires on the Harvard Boulevard. We don't know where he's going to go, but we're back to you guys. <laughs> now, get your numbers right. Well, yeah, if you're going to do it, then do it right. Uh, I'm sorry, there's a PCH down to the 419, the 405, and the 392. You got it right by there at Disneyland. The beach is great. You know, California's better than everybody. Kawhi knows it. Back to you. 
Very good. I think Austin's got a future. Uh, so the Kawhi stuff's bugging you, I, I was told. Well, I mean, it's bugging Austin, and he brought it to my attention. Interesting that they waited until everybody else was sort of out of the way. Yeah. So now all the attention is on Kawhi. That doesn't seem like that's his personality. I wonder if it's his team. Because his team was complaining about leaks and whatnot, but... Austin, do you think that this might be orchestrated by the very people who are complaining about it? Yeah, I, I liked what Hans said to you there, Gordon, yesterday about the, the shoe controversy with the Betsy Ross flag and how Nike is really benefiting off all this controversy. Well, Kawhi's team knows they can really benefit off of being the last people to make their announcement and make sure helicopters are following them and to say, oh, there's people hiding out in the bushes outside his house in Toronto or whatever. And they know and the shirts that he wears and the fact that he uh, has that weird goofy laugh and he's the best player in the world right now because Kevin Durant can't walk and he just won a title. They know all of this and whether he wants all the attention or they want all the attention, it just seems a little, I don't know, uh, uh, cooked up to me to just be coincidence. What you said near the end there is the most important part. Remember, this guy just won a title and his team won a title because of Kawhi Leonard. Right, right. And yet you need to create even more commotion in order to what? To what end? Game I think, more I think money? it all is just so strange because he left San Antonio. Because right? like when Tim Duncan won a title and if he was a free, I'm sure there was a year after one of his titles he was a free agent. It, it, there was no, right, I'm coming back. You knew he was coming back. Uh, God, when Malone back in the, in the years of the two title runs or even maybe one of their Western Conference Finals runs, you know, there was no question they're coming back. I think the strangeness of all this is that Kawhi left San Antonio, uh, didn't necessarily envision himself landing in Toronto, lands there, and then all of a sudden, poof, wins the finals. I mean, Kawhi could have very easily landed in Charlotte, landed in Atlanta, and wouldn't have won a finals with that cast, mm-hmm. right? But mm-hmm. this all sort of, in a sloppy fashion, fell, fell into place. And his Remember, team, Toronto was a very good team before he got they, there. Yeah, they were a good team. That's what I'm saying. But his team was also responsible for his exit in San Antonio, part, partly responsible because they're the, ones, team. They're, yeah, they're the ones that were telling him, no, oh, you need to get this quad checked by this doctor and this doctor. No, this quad injury actually is worse than it should be. And apparently his personal team was, was telling him, you know, well, Mono Ginobili and Tony Parker saying we had worse quad injuries. Mm-hmm. You know, so... I, there, there is, I, I think Kawhi, the man in Austin, and I had a great conversation about this on, on his show the other day. I, I believe Kawhi, the person, is a, is a humble dude, um, doesn't want to be in the limelight. I, I, I know he does some weird things, makes weird decisions, but I feel like his team kind of influences a lot of strange, strange stuff that we see happen. I, I love Kawhi Leonard. My two favorite players in the NBA right now are Damian Lillard and Kawhi Leonard. I love him because I'm exhausted with – the Steph Curry with the LeBron James and the Russell Westbrook. Every time I Kevin dunk, Durant. I got Kevin Durant. Well, Kevin Durant's not as bad as this, but every time I dunk, every time I score, I've got to smack my chest. I got to point to the sky. I got to shimmy. I've got to chew my mouthpiece outside of my 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 mouth. You know what I mean? It's just I, I always just feel like they're working so hard to bring more attention to themselves. And and you want to know what? That's that's kind of this the millennials and all this day and age. That's sort of what everybody's used to. I, at the same time, I want to just be like to each his own. Be yourself. It's just not my opinion and my cup of tea is not that. I love, I just love cold blooded killers who don't go. Excuse me, in, in sports terms, right, right, right. Who who don't need a ton of attention. Damian Lillard's game winning three on Russell Westbrook and his simple wave bye bye. 
to me was one of the greatest moments in sports. I just loved it. I loved it. the three. Stockton's three was better than Damien's when he sent him to the finals. Don't get me wrong, everybody. Okay, I just loved Damien's way of handling Westbrook's, you know, harassment for that whole series. And it was just a simple. Yeah, okay. the point that you made there, uh, Britain, is so interesting that uh, that Kawhi's personality seems in direct conflict with some of the approaches his personal team. Oh, makes. I agree. I agree. And I'll tell you, I'm just hoping like crazy he doesn't go to the Lakers. I just, I want the playing field to be even. And I said that the other day to somebody, I can't remember who it was, and they're like, oh, I think it still will be because one of those guys will get injured. Um, I, I, yeah, you can't count on that. I just think if, if Kawhi goes to the Lakers, we're back to what Kevin Durant did going to Golden State yeah. in a sense. Now, Golden State was already good. This whole puzzle has to still be put together with the Lakers if Kawhi goes there. But please just don't. Just don't go there, Kawhi. Please go to the Clippers. And let's make the NBA fun next year because everybody, it seems like there's a lot of teams, including the Jazz, that will have a nice shot at this thing. All right. The big show continues. Coming up next.